This is a Dynamike Network podcast. Welcome, 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 everyone, to another week of the Max Destruction Podcast. I am Dustin, and with me is the ever-lovable Kitten Father Ken. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I am the proud new papa of a kitten. Uh, I'd rather not talk about it, but thanks, Dustin. Uh, as per usual, <laughs> your your skills of irritation know no bounds. Yes, my my youngest daughter really wanted a kitten. Long story short, we got a kitten. Uh, so, uh, yes, little Bella, she is interesting. She's already put my my lab, Kal-El, in this place, which is pretty funny because she is like three and a half pounds maybe, and he is 102, uh, but he is a little baby. Uh, so all it took was her to bat at him once, and that was it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I saw the post, so, you know, I have to make a comment because that's why you have me on the show, right? Facts. I mean, that Facts. honestly, that and, and the banter uh, is really the only reasons why I keep you around. As soon as I can figure out how to make Geo more uh, able to go back and forth without me having to type, uh, you're, you're gone. We, we all know that it's okay. Well, um, I think we should just dive right into it. In today's episode, we have a fun one. We got a bit of a comedy and then a serious character. We got Ken will be representing Rob Snyder's The Animal. And I will represent the future winner because we all know I am the greatest, the beast from Split. Ken, any uh, predictions for today? Uh, that The Animal is totally going to crush. Uh, because remember, folks, we take all of our data points, uh, you know, strength, vulnerability, all of those things into consideration, but mostly humor. Uh, and this Rob Schneider masterpiece um, is got that head and shoulders above the beast. And I can't wait, honestly, to get into this. Uh, it's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. But before we get into that, um, I think we got to go over are wham wham all right there you go and last week i asked who would be a good matchup for turner and hooch and we got a lot of comments actually we got oh let's see here we got michael dooley and jerry lee from canine we got Robert Neville and Sam from I Am Legend. I love I Am Legend, and that's a good one, and also super sad. Burt Reynolds and the kid from Cop and a Half. Kids gotta take the dog, is what Joe Garcia put. So um, that seems brutal, but whatever. Uh, you could say the next one. Dog de Bordeaux, breed of hooch. Oh, that's, yeah, that was, was a uh, yeah. bonus points. There we go, Macho. Good job. I, I, I was I wasn't even looking. I thought it was a character for a second. Okay, <laughs> King Ezekiel and Shiva from The Walking Dead, Whoopi Goldberg and Theodore Rex. 
Um, Mowgli and Baloo from Jungle Book. I think a bear kind of has the advantage in that, but you know. Um, and Riddick and the alien dog from Riddick again. Macho, like, are you? Do you hate Turner and Hooch or something? Because I feel like you're just trying to annihilate them. Because, you know, and, yeah. and we can always we can always count on Scott to to bring the heat when he comes to these whims. And of course, he did win the uh, contest of naming the breed of Hooch. Uh, I will do a special shout out though, even though it was not on our social medias. I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, our good buddy John Strosky, who you've heard <laughs> from twice, called him a Labrador Retriever. Now, I may or may not be posting a side-by-side picture of a Labrador Retriever and Hooch from Turner and Hooch just to show how wrong he is. But, you know, that's why we have our lovable buddy, John Strosky. So take a bow, my dumb, dumb friend. (laughs) Way way to go, Ken. You know, making everyone feel included in this podcast. I absolutely love it. Which reminds me, check out his show coming up. Console Combat now on the Dynamite Network. That is right. Another show for the Dynamite Network. He has it on Spotify, so you can follow and listen to the trailer. And you can check out the other shows, uh, Dynamic Duel, who are kind of like our mom and dad of the podcast. I'm going to say, you know, Johnny's probably the mom because he feels a little more naggy. Um, Go Team Marvel. And uh, Sinjo World with Zach. Check all of those shows out at the Dynamite Podcast Network. Um, with that out of the way, though, I think I think we're ready to hear from our best bud, Geo, and hear about how we go into the tale of the Cocoa Butter. Here at the Max Destruction Podcast, and more specifically, the Destruction Deli, we use the tale of the Cocoa Butter to break down the character's bios, abilities, and equipment for the match. Think of it like boxing or the UFC tale of the tape, but a lot more 80s action hero style. Glistening muscles were all the rage, and therefore, these mooks use it as measuring device. Ticket number 26. All right. Thank you, Gio, and your pause did not get me this time. I win, you lose. Um, with that, I never... Uh, pay attention up. I'm a horrible co-host to remember who its turn it is to go first. So, Ken, uh, would you let us know who? Uh, it's going to be me this week, uh, Dustin. Yeah, thank you okay. so much for, for for pushing that. Uh, and yes, everyone has been waiting for you to get slipped up in the pause again. Uh, Geo does that purposely, folks. It's not just because he is an AI, uh, but because it's there for a reason. Also, whoever ticket number 26 is, uh, that asshole really needs to get moving. There's a lot more people in line, uh, and I think it's just disrespectful. Honestly, disrespectful and rude. Uh, with all that being said, though, I will go ahead and break down my character for this week's matchup, which is, of course, the great Rob Schneider in 2001's The Animal. In the town of Elkerton, Marvin Mange is an evidence clerk at the local precinct who dreams of being a police officer like his late father. However, his repeated failure of the officer's physical test prevents him from being one. Due to Marvin's meek nature, he's re- he receives little respect from the populace and is especially ter- tormented by his superior, Police Sergeant Doug Sisk. Marvin is also smitten with the environmentalist Rihanna Holmes, but fumbles in a first encounter with her. 
funnily enough, played by Colleen Haskell, which was on the, uh, I think it was like season five or six of Survivor. And that's really her only note. Uh, she was in this film and Survivor, so that's pretty cool. Uh, while alone at the station, Marvin receives an emergency call with no officers available for dispatch. Marvin responds to the emergency himself, getting into a freak car accident that sends him tumbling down a mountain. The grievously injured Marvin is discovered by a mad scientist, Dr. Wilder, who saves his life by a means of assorted animal organ transplants. Marvin finds himself at, back in his neighborhood days later, as and resumes normal life, discovering that he can now perform extraordinary physical feats and possesses keen animal-like instincts. While visiting his friend Miles at the airport, Marvin sniffs out and apprehends a man attempting to smuggle drugs through the terminal. I'll let you know how he does that in a later episode when we talk about Deadpool. Marvin's assistance in the arrest garners media, media attention and he's promoted to a full-fledged police officer assigned under SISC. Over the course of the next several days, Marvin awakens outside his home from bouts of sleepwalking, hearing subsequent reports of animal attacks in the night being attributed to the savage animal. Wilder introduced himself to Marvin, cautioning him against using his animalistic urges as side effects of the operation. Despite continued predicaments and embarrassments caused by the instinctual behavior, Marvin's abilities allow him to excel as a police officer with a bond with Rihanna. However, Marvin is questioned one day after another attack where a police sketch implicates Marvin as the animal. Marvin is subsequently placed on paid leave. Afraid of what's seemingly become, Marvin barricades himself inside his home. Rihanna arrives to comfort Marvin, and the two spend the night together. The following morning, the police raid Marvin's home, who they suspect of attacking a hunter the night prior. Marvin escapes and flees into the woods, an armed mob headed by Sisk is formed to hunt Marvin down. While Marvin's friends Miles and Fatty seek to warn him, Marvin encounters Wilder, who confides the existence of another patient who has undergone the same procedure, whom he suspects is the real culprit of the hunter attack. Sis' lone pursuit of Marvin results in a near-fatal fall into a chasm, but he's soon saved by Marvin. In spite of the rescue, Sis holds Marvin at gunpoint, where he's suddenly killed by Rihanna, revealing her as Wilder's other patient. Rihanna confesses that she's been responsible for the hunter attacks, Justifying her actions as protecting the orphan turkey vulture, which she reared and released back into the wild. The model arrives, threatening to kill Marvin. Miles makes a conf false confession to being the animal to protect Marvin and Rihanna. Uh, and due to the heavily and heavy implications in prosecuting Miles, a black American, the mob is <laughs> suddenly reluctant to act and casually pardon him. One year later, Marvin and Rihanna have married, started a family in an open-air animal sanctuary. While watching television, the witness, Dr. Wilder, being the, awarded the Nobel Prize for his transportation or transplantation procedure. Now, of course, uh, Marvin in uh, The Animal from, from again, 2001, which, was, which opened number three behind Shrek in Pearl Harbor, uh, of course, has no bearing on this match, but is pretty hilarious. Also in the film, uh, Norm MacDonald plays one of like the main mob guys uh, and uh, him and Adam Sandler uh, have these tiki torches and that's, that's how they're identifying themselves as a mob. Uh, and again, it's pretty hilarious. Now Marvin uh, has dog, cheetah, bear, and uh, gorilla organs implanted upon him. 
Now, don't ask me questions like, how is this possible, Ken? Why is this possible, Ken? It doesn't matter. Of course, in this match, Marvin is going to have full faculties of his own power set uh, and just the real need to bring justice upon the beast. And that is the animal. Very good. Um, Definitely a funny classic movie. And, you know, I think you need to get a PhD in anatomy just to try to learn how to explain that, because I'd be curious to hear a Ken rant on how that is possible. Oh, don't don't you worry, my friend. And thank you for bringing that up, because that may be on the horizon. A bunch of more Ken's and the Dustin's rants of the week. Right on. I can't wait. And now let me get into the true winner of today's episode, James McAvoy as The Beast. Now, The Beast is one of 24 personalities that exist within a guy named Kevin Crumb. And he basically went through such traumatic uh, stress and stuff as a child that a new personality would emerge to protect him in whatever way he needed at the time. His first one being a man named Dennis, who was extremely OCD, but also a major pervert for whatever reason. He kept everything spotless and clean and perfect, so that way the mom was less likely to abuse Kevin or to treat him poorly. Now, the whole movie goes, you go Uh, I want to say like 90% of the movie before you ever meet the beast, but uh, it's really, really interesting movie. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely worth a watch. I love, I personally really love movies that deal with like these crazy split personalities and everything. The three main personalities that make up what is known as the horde, which eventually turns into the beast is Patricia, who's kind of like this, crazy motherly figure that will straight up stab you if you cross her uh Hedwig which is like I think a nine-year-old kid seven or nine-year-old little boy and then you got Dennis and like we said he's the OCD guy so it seems like one of the personalities Barry is the one that is primarily in control up until one day when he fails and the horde takes over they were recently banished because they couldn't be trusted they seemed evil they talked about the beast coming and cleansing and ultimately what the beast is 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 an ultimate personification of what is needed to protect kevin and that's what all these personalities are trying to do in their own way is to protect the man named kevin so dennis kidnaps a few girls to be used as a sacrifice for the coming beast that no one seems to really believe in for a long time. He has a crazy story, like his skin is as tough as a rhino. He can cling to walls that are practically flat, that he's just um, extremely strong and fast and just a total, like his name suggests, a beast. So once we get later into the movie and the beast starts to emerge, you see him go through this like transformation his muscles get more defined. He gets like a lot more crazier and he starts eating these girls that were presented to him as a sacrifice. One of them ends up escaping with the help of the psychiatrist who's trying this whole time to make Dennis admit that he has taken over and that Barry is no more and that he's taking a back seat, which takes a long time before he finally admits it. 
she goes over to his house only to be killed by, I think it was Patricia at the, no, it was the beast. The beast picked her up and choked her out. It was flipping nuts. Like the dude is crazy. Some of his abilities are as the beast. He has supernatural strength, speed, balance, equilibrium, mobility, endurance, agility, uh, this wiki shows leaping ability, so he can jump really far, which is shown in the movie as well, and supernatural resilience. He took three shotgun blasts at near point-blank range, and just like it, the last one, I think, hurt him a bit because it was in the stomach, but he still stood right back up and acted like everything was fine. He is extremely powerful, and then after that, he even took metal bars and bent them out of the way so he could get a closer look at his victim. He believes that only those that have suffered are truly pure and worthy of life. And that, everybody, is the beast. Now, Split is an absolutely solid movie. Um, in in the vein of M. Night Shyamalan movies, very, very difficult to beat this one. Uh, which was interesting because I don't think a lot of people really tied it to Unbreakable at the time. As a matter of fact, I remember like the advertisements didn't even like mention it. So the idea that both this movie and Unbreakable were in the same universe uh, was something that happened after the fact and was awesome because they were able to kind of bring in both of these films and then really do a shitty job uh, in Glass uh, being the, the third in that film trilogy. Um, well, that that's good to know because Glass, I had to pay to watch, and I was like, "Nah, Split covers it enough." <laughs> yeah, I, you're not you're not missing much. I mean, there's a lot more like feats and stuff from from Kevin, but it's mm-hmm. not. Basic. Uh of of the three, uh, Unbreakable is definitely the best, but that's because it was the first. Um, Split is and the best actor. Oh yeah. Uh, we're going to have to do a compendium of Bruce Willis films just for Dustin because uh, yes. obviously we don't get enough of, of Bruce Willis in here. So we're going to have to roll through some more of that, of course. Um, solid solid uh, breakdown, my friend. However, I, I do feel like this is kind of a redux of Frank Dukes. Uh, see what I did there? Uh, versus Nacho Libre and the fact that we have a character that's really just based solely for the comedy of it versus a very, very serious uh, character who, in this case, is a psychopath that kills people. (laughs) Uh, We'll just see how it all turns out. I'm very interested to see uh, Dustin. Yeah, I am super excited, you know, and with that out of the way, I think it is time for Gio to explain to everybody how we go about speculating a fight because we... We don't – We obviously, we can't – we're both biased to our characters. I like to win so I can make fun of Ken. Ken likes to win so he can rub it in my face. That's just how we roll. So we stole the model that Dynamic Duel uses, and that was also made famous by the Spike television series. But Dynamic Duel, they really made it more popular, and I'm going to say that just because there are benefactors. Um But we take that to determine a winner after like a 1,000 matches. But if all we did was have dial-up tones and then give you the results, that would be boring as hell. So instead, we like to pretend that we're kids again and throwing action figures at one another. So we do that by a speculative fight. And that is where Geo is going to come in and tell you how it's all done. 
Do you honestly think these idiots would be able to put their biases aside to come up with an answer to who would win? Absolutely not. So they did the next best thing. They stole a probabilistic model that a computer can use from the dynamic dual jamooks. Using this model, the guys input a character's stats, such as strength, fighting style, and most importantly, humor. They run the model 1,000 times to decide a match. But think about listening to a computer do anything. It's stupid boring. So instead, the guys end up simulating a fight in an environment that will undoubtedly put my fifth-generation establishment in harm's way. The simulated fight doesn't have any bearing on the results, but I guess to some it's funnier. Oh, it's much funnier. Oh, yeah. I, I, do, I do believe Dustin may have said it better. However, we like having Geo around just to have something to kick. That's not each other. Yeah, exactly. And I just love, you know, him constantly bringing up his deli. Like, at this point in the podcast, Geo, do you think we care about destroying your deli? Because uh, the answer is no, we don't. As long as the money is not coming out of our wallets, we really could care less. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, Ken, where do you see this fight taking place? Okay. So, I honestly think that the the setting from Split is probably a solid place to kind of go. Because as much of a comedic mastermind Rob Schneider is, his character in this is a police officer. So, it is very, very likely that Marvin being the last person in that police department, you know, out trying to help and find the girls that were taken, uh, would stumble upon uh, Kevin's place. Um, and very likely he would use his, his abilities to his benefit in order to get into the area. So I would say let's go with the end sequence where Kevin's literally bending the bars uh, of, of his last victim, and that's probably where Marvin's going to find him. Ooh, okay. So Marvin's going to walk in, and the beast is going to turn around, but now all of a sudden he's acting like a child. He's like, hey, I, I, I don't think you should be here, mister. You know, you're going to make you're gonna make Mr. Dennis angry, and if you make Mr. Mr. Dennis angry, he's he, it's not going to be good for you. So, uh, Marvin very likely would, uh, you know, be, be uh, understanding of what's going on. He's, he's kind of probably confused considering the state that Kevin is in, uh, being, you know, shirtless and probably got a couple of rounds of buckshot in him, uh, because why not? He's James McAvoy and he looks <laughs> badass in this movie, um, and, you know, Rob Schneider's no slouch, but I, I think probably, you know, McAvoy's got a little bit of a, a beefiness to him compared, mm -hmm. comparatively. So instead of, you know, just like, oh, no, it's cool, kid. You know, I, I get it. Uh, he's probably going to have his like sixth or eighth sense about him. Like, you know, he's got a lot of dog in him. So he probably can sense that there's something off with this guy. Uh, and he's going to move in and be like, you know, this is, you know, I've read all the textbooks and police procedure. So he's probably going to try to take Kevin in uh, to custody, not really understanding what's going on. So he's just going to come up and grab him by the arm and try to like lead him away. 
Okay, and as he starts, Hedwig's going to be like, no, no, sir, you don't understand. And then all of a sudden, you're not moving no more. You can't pull him. You're you're trying with all your might and nothing. And he's going to be like, you should have listened to the boy. And then he's going to grab him by the back of the collar and throw him across the room. So this is going to take Marvin by surprise, of course. Like he knew something was wrong, but he he's definitely you know flying now. Uh, and he's got kind of the bird in him as well. So he's going to like as as he lands. Um, he's going to shake himself off, though, because not only does he have some bird, but he's got some gorilla. He's got other things going on. So he's going to realize that this guy means business. And he's definitely evil. So using his body organs, which somehow translate to the powers of, again, let's just let's throw <laughs> science completely out of it. There's no reason to even try to explain this. We're just going to take it as fact that Marvin then taps into the power of the cheetah and he begins to run around Kevin as fast as he can. Uh, and he's going to just smash into him using the power of the rhino that he has. Ooh, okay. So the beast is going to fall over, obviously, get pushed back away. He's going to roll out of the way, and he's going to stand back up. He's going to be like, you think you're evolved? I am the peak of human evolution. Only those that have suffered can be pure. And he's going to rip a metal pipe off of the ceiling and chuck it at Rob Schneider, the animal, trying to impale him through the leg. So it's probably going to hit him in the leg, uh, but it's going to bounce off comically because that's the kind of movie we're in right now. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to hit him, uh, and he's going to go, wow, that was dark. Uh, it's, a, it's a great thing that there's a lot of light in this area, in which – Time he's going to take the flare gun that's in his pistol belt because he wasn't allowed to have an actual gun in this movie, uh, and he's going to light it off in this enclosed space, uh, allowing his eyes to like settle in before he does. Though uh, he's going to pounce at Kevin again, uh, this time with that metal pipe smashing him in the head. Okay, I'm going to say Kevin will go to block this metal pipe with his arm and be sent off to the side because your character definitely has some strength to him. And he's going to be a little dazed because of the bright light. He's going to jump up, cling to the wall, and start climbing like a spider across the ceiling quickly as he goes to get behind the animal and kick him in the back. Uh, So... He thinks he's going to kick him in the back. However, he is being followed very closely by Marvin because he's seen this movie before, too. He's not going to let the creepy evil guy get behind him. Uh, So he's going to follow him quickly, scampering as he does. Um, But what we'll say is it's very likely that Kevin, just being as crazy as he is and like like chaotic as he is, is able to move maybe just a hair faster. So when he stops to go and do this kick, Marvin's going to end up running like square on into him and get knocked back uh, through a wall. Right on. Okay. So that's when the beast is going to just full charge him, realizing this dude don't have no guns. So he's going to full charge him, grab him by the leg 
and bite into his Achilles tendon, tearing it out with his mouth. Uh, in which case he's getting, you know, Marvin's going to scream bloody murder because this is wrong. I mean, this is how are you going to hurt a national treasure like him? Uh, that's, that's, that's poor form, my friend, just poor form. Uh, so as he goes to grab and bites into his Achilles, uh, Marvin is then going to using the strength of his gorilla form, punch Kevin directly into the solar plexus, mm. breaking at least two ribs. And then as he does that, Marvin's going to tap into the cop knowledge that he has. Uh, and then he's going to flip himself onto Kevin's back, putting Kevin into a sleeper hold, trying to end this quickly. Okay. So, Kevin, he has that thick skin like a rhino. You do have the strength of the gorilla going, so you're putting pressure on his neck for sure. That is when he is going to just punch the animal straight in the face, grab him by the back of the head and flip him over. And as he flips over, he is going to flail out with his arms using like his orangutan style, uh, thus punching Kevin in the nuts uh, and springing back up and doing kind of that weird orangutan movement where they kind of walk around from side to side with his arms all flailing. Okay. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. That was a good one. <laughs> so Kevin's going to be a little dazed, but as the beast, like his pain tolerance is off the charts. So he's going to, that's just going to take him off. He's going to grab that metal pipe from earlier and smash the animal straight in the Adam's apple. That's terrible. So as he smashes him straight in the Adam's apple, he's, uh, Marvin's going to push down with his chin to do that crazy chin catch thing uh, that you see in the Matrix. Uh, and he's going to catch the beast's hand. But as he does, he's going to reach out with his hands, which have now become talons. And he is going to claw his way into Kevin's brain, tearing it out, ending the match. Oh, okay. Wow, that was... You, you said I went dark. That that went dark fast. So I'm going to say that you try the chin catch. But as you're trying to do that, Kevin just simply shoves his fist straight through your chest. That's, that's terrifying. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good way. Either the animal uses his talons to straight up take the brain out of Kevin or Kevin straight up steals his heart out of his chest. I'd say that's probably one of the most terrifying ways that we've done this. And I am more proud of us than anything for it to go as well as it did. Yeah, me too. That was, that was fantastic. Um, as the show goes, we'll try not to get darker and darker, but I mean, when you, you put the beast in a fight, it's going to go bad. Yeah, I don't think there was a there was going to be a time that this was going to go okay for either of these characters. But I'm glad to see that you know we 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 kept it as above board as we did for as long as we did. Yeah, up until your nut shot. Um. Anyways, with that out of the way, we like to do something called the damage spectrum, where we decide on a scale of like one to five how much damage this has caused. Ken, what do you think? Uh, of course, I feel like these two characters 
and being that both of them have exhibited feats that are above normal. You know, in, in these kind of matches, we like to look at it. Are combatants human or are they superhuman? Uh, for this fight, they were actually both classified as superhuman. Uh, so I would say that this fight, because they don't use explosives, but they will really take it up a notch when it comes to like physical altercation. I'm going to go like a three on this one. Dang. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking about a 2.5, so we're in the same ballpark. So, Ken, would you do us the honors and tell us that you lost? Or, I, I mean, I mean, uh, who won this match? Uh, okay, my friend. I'll go ahead and pull up the results for this week's match. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this. And I, I just want the tension to build, of course. Uh, <laughs> So the winner between Rob Schneider's Marvin the Animal versus James McAvoy's Kevin the Beast is the Animal. Ooh, really? 717 to the Beast's 283. Now, the reason for this, uh, we said that their durability was pretty much on par with each other. Same with their evasiveness. Uh, the beast had a little bit more strength. However, the animal is exhibited to actually have a lot faster reflexes as well as movement speed. Uh, we gave the fighting skill to the animal because he actually had some police training uh, as well as some strategic intelligence because the beast's multiple personalities and the fact that it would swap kind of unknowingly uh, really mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, affected the beast strategic intelligence. So what was that shit about uh, how you were going to win, Dustin? I'm sorry. Yeah, um, yeah you broke up there. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no, I, I came in fully expecting the beast had this because I watched that movie and it was like, oh, there's no way. Like this dude is insane. But yeah, when you lay out the stats like that, he is pretty straightforward. Like he's a powerhouse with no real discipline or training. Like he comes at you like an an animal, like a beast. Like he doesn't think he just goes for the kill. Excuse me. That's what happens. Ken's dying, everyone. when When you gloat so hard that your body physically reacts. That was, that was a cough for, for Dustin. Um, before we go on into our next matchup, though, Dustin, I believe it is my turn to go with next week's Wham! Wham! This week's Wham! It, it kind of goes along with our Thanksgiving episode. That you know, it's the t- this episode is going to release the day before Thanksgiving, which is always a time of love and laughter. Family members that won't go home. People that are just sad all the time. Sometimes a lot of drinking. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I digress. Um, so for this week's Wham, I felt like we needed to to bring it back. You know, we've been going with a lot of powerhouses here lately, uh, including Turner and Hooch. Uh, but for this week's Wham, I, can't, I fell back on a family tradition of mine, which... 
I don't know about the rest of you, but I am really tired of seeing all of the Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. I feel like this is a, a blight upon our society that needs to be fixed right away or else uh, we're, we're just not going to make it. Um, so the tradition in my home has always been you have Thanksgiving and then after football, you watch the first movie of Christmas, which in my household is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And therefore, this week's Wham! is going to be Clark Griswold. Nice. I like it. Going straight into the holiday season. And um, I'm not going to tell my wife how much smack you talked about people putting up decorations early because she's only five foot, but she will hunt you down and kill you. Oh, I have, I have no doubt. My, my wife is kind of the same and my kids have been pushing it, but I, I hold the line, my friend. You, you have to at some point. <laughs> Happy right, wife, so before, happy life. That's what I live by, all right? It is a way. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, my couch is super comfortable. Um, No, I bought the bed. Um, so <laughs> I sleep in the bed. But before I get thrown into the literal doghouse, uh, I think we should unveil our next week's fight, which I am pretty excited about. It's one that I've been thinking about for a long time. And Dustin, I know that you are a fan as well. Luke Skywalker okay. versus King Arthur. Okay. Which King Arthur film? Uh, so that one is kind of on a, 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 an amalgamation. I'm going to go with the King Arthur from Excalibur, which was played masterfully by Richard Harris. Uh, he is kind of like the most powerful King Arthur. Uh, Excalibur is seen doing a lot of crazy stuff. And I felt like that was probably a solid matchup uh, with help from Merlin uh, to go against Luke Skywalker. So, of course, my friend, we're going to flip this in the air. So okay. I'll call it. Tails. Or you call it. It is. Who's no, it's, no <laughs> you, you call it. Your, it's Tails, my friend. So you get to pick who you'd like. Oh, I get to pick who I like? Okay. I am going to go with Excalibur because, uh, hot take, I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. Oh, this is, this is spicy. This is, you know, this it is, is terrible. As a matter of fact, uh, I believe this is how we end this podcast. So good night, everybody. Really appreciate you guys coming out. <laughs> yep. Um, sorry, fans. And um, I'm here to be the villain. So there you go. <laughs> all right. So, of course, guys, go ahead and find us on the social networks. Uh, we are on all of them now, as well as our, our email is still up. Don't forget to place our whim and please have a good Thanksgiving. Uh, for those of you in the United States, uh, it, it is pretty important time. Um, and if you don't have anywhere to go, go find somewhere to go. There's always a lot of people out there that are willing to serve. Uh, and it's, it's just a great time to sit down, have a lot of food and, and, and talk. Right on. I definitely agree with that. All right. So uh, finally, guys, uh, as Dustin hit on before, uh, our newest brother or sister, I, we're going to go sister podcast on this, uh, <laughs> Console Combat from John. Uh, 
is going to be out soon. His trailer is dropped, and I am going to go ahead and put the link to the trailer in the podcast notes for this episode so that you can go and have a listen, as well as go and check out the rest of the Dynamite Network shows. Uh, I know they appreciate it, and we appreciate them. Uh, Dustin, you got anything before we sign off? I feel cheated. That's all. Goodbye. Well, that's unfortunate, uh, but you still lost, my friend. So happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) 